you still have to get it done at the time that it really counts, which we have not managed to do. It's the first time that you could genuinely say that there is a chance that we could be World Cup champions. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. This is Off the Bus Ashley on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us 53106. We're streaming the conversation as well, folks. You can listen across the country in your radio and news talk. Also, watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels on Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube and Facebook as well. This is the Saturday panel. After two, we're going to chat Gaelic football with the former Laz manager, Colin Kelly, as well as um, all of the other divisions to be wrapped up. So, we're going to kind of go through all of that. We're also going to now, though, talk hurling with Kilkenny's former All-Ireland winner Aidan Taggy Fogarty and the Irish Independence GA correspondent Colm Keyes. Taggy, how are you today? John, I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to speak to you as always, Taggy. Um, we've got a championship coming up right now, so the league is important, but Waterford last year won the league and then they f- failed in the round robin. So how much uh, importance is lent to the league at the moment? How much does a player, for example, need to leave in the tank and get themselves ready to peak when the round robin comes? Yeah, well, I think, John... Uh, this weekend is probably the, the stages of the league where it's actually kind of getting a bit important. Um, it's four weeks out from championship uh, and I think there's plenty of time now <clears throat> from this weekend to championship to get your team kind of right. The managers that are involved uh, looking at the teams across the board, they've picked, they've picked the relatively strongest teams that they have uh, available to them. There's a lot of injuries in a lot of camps, but they have picked a, a lot of teams. Waterford, I think we're overlooking the Waterford thing. They got to the league final last year and they flopped in the championship. But I think there was a different narratives that come in the championship. You know, I think the camp wasn't kind of happy by all accounts. There was a few rumours coming out about teams getting leaked. So I wouldn't be too worried about getting to a league final um, and kind of maybe overachieving. Look, I think... If you lose this weekend or if you lose a league final, it's not the end of the world. Uh, it's all about championship. But I think the Waterford thing, it was the first time actually we had that even structure in place and Waterford won the league. So I think there's maybe a bit of a blame game there that Waterford peaked too soon. But I think there's other factors involved as well. Colm Keyes with us. Colm, how are you? Hi, John. How are you? Good, thanks. Aiden, is it Aiden? Yeah. Yeah, Aiden, Aiden Taggy Fowler is with us as well. How yeah. are you? Um, so, Colm, how do you think the counties have been approaching the league in the hurling perspective, in your view? Uh, not, not with any great vigor, John. Right, really, okay. after after a very sharp start, the night that Cork came from behind to beat Limerick, uh, I think you can probably count Tipperary and Waterford after that uh, for a game of any real uh, meaning. Maybe not meaning, but certainly uh, that intense nature that you would expect. So, uh, I thought. There might be a little bit more promise for the league this year after the first night, especially and the way Cork and Limerick approached it. But sadly, I have to say the games I've been at have been have been lacking fervor. I I was in Kilkenny uh, for Nolan Park on last Sunday, and I have to say you'll always get what you will get in Nolan Park, but it was actually missing. I felt for large spells of it last sun last Sunday, and eventually. Eventually, Kilkenny just dug deep and decided, we're, we'll go after this now. And they they went and won it. But I have to say, underwhelming, John, and concern for, for hurling, really, because this is the secondary competition. And I understand that teams and managers want to run in players and they want to test them and they want to use it as a testing ground for what's effectively a league that follows yes. starting on the, in near the end of April, obviously the two provincial round-robin championships. But 
that's most teams operate with three warm-up games in the Munster Senior League and the Walsh Cup, and then they have a minimum of five hurling games. So they're effectively using eight games to warm up for a four-game round-robin championship that they could be out of after two games. So I don't understand the logic. I think it would be far better for teams to really step on it a little bit more in the league. I take, obviously, Waterford's situation last year, but I actually don't believe uh, it's it's all that related. And I think if Limerick go and win this year's league, which they very well could, uh, if, and go on to win the All-Ireland, it will, it will obviously disprove that once more. But I think for hurling broadly, hurling needs more games. It needs a greater footprint of competitiveness across across the season. Um, and I think uh, I think a return to the merit-based order, what was in place until until 2013, hard and all as it was for teams to keep their feet in Division 1A uh, with promotion and relegation between 1A and 1B is the best fit for the league, notwithstanding managers' desire to run in players. If they choose to run in players, then they obviously risk relegation and drop down. Now, I know obviously a lot of teams from 1B uh, since, since 2013... Uh, up to 2020, actually, when it changed, teams from 1B went and won the league and it was considered the the easier option. But I do think a bit more space between the league and championship and to bring back that merit, those merit-based divisions uh, is something. And I believe they are already looking at options for next year. Yeah, it just needs to feel like it needs to breathe a bit, Column, doesn't it, as its own entity? Because, as you say, we're immediately into a jeopardy situation in a few weeks' time. And obviously that has to be the focus. Yeah, there is there is no there is no jeopardy for the top teams here. There's nothing. Uh, they know who's going to be in the relegation playoff. They 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 knew that from the minute once the divisions are drawn. You can see. I mean, with the greatest respect to the two teams that are there now, you can see who's going to be in the relegation playoff. So therefore, the teams can tiptoe throw their way through uh, with an eye to obviously bigger prizes down the line. And obviously, we'll change. We'll see a huge gear shift uh, in April for all the teams. I think we'll see a, a gear shift tonight and tomorrow actually for the league semi-finals. I just caught Aidan say, saying there this is when the league gets half kind of serious or something like that and he's right, very much so. I think there will be uh, there'll be no backing off uh, between Tipperary and Limerick tonight and certainly with Cork and Kilkenny tomorrow. Obviously Cork won that last year. I think Derek Ling will be driven to at least get Kilkenny into another final and I'd imagine they really would like yeah. uh, another go at Limerick after last year as well to see where they are. So Aidan, you've been this guy, right? You won three in a row. You were going for four in a row in Kilkenny in, in 08 um, Is it easy for Dimmer Burns, for Declan Hannan, for Garrett Hegarty to be able to fill their lungs and decide for themselves we're going to go again here because they've achieved everything they need to achieve in the game? Uh, yeah, John, look, it is because, look... You can't beat winning. You can't beat that winning feeling. Uh, but I think what uh, John Kiley has done this year, and maybe he's learned a small bit of lessons from last year. Limerick struggled a small bit in the league last year. Um, you know, and, and that kind of fed into championship where they played Clare in the Munster final, nearly beaten. Galway put it up to Limerick. And uh, Kilkenny in the Ireland final could have even caught them as well. Now, obviously, they peaked and they got through and they won the Ireland final. But in the early stages, they did kind of struggle small bit. Now, they had a lot of injuries. This year, I felt John Kiley took a different approach. And I think really the big 
thing for what John done was blooded new guys. You know, if you look at the team, Donica O'Dalig, uh, Cottle O'Neill, uh, Cockle is in wing back. And from my experience, and that's what you asked John about 08, 09, you just needed to blood three or four guys all the time and to keep the likes of the Kyle Hayes, Garod Hegarty's, you know, just on their toes. You know, just to say it right, these lads are getting in, they're playing well, they have my jersey. It is my jersey at the minute, but what John Kylie is doing is putting them under pressure, which makes them train harder, makes them refocus. And I think that Limerick team is refocused this this year. Like what's different what they're doing last year and this year? The same team for Limerick has been going for the last three or four years. So I think there's places for one or two new guys, not because they have to, because they actually have the talent to come in and, and make a difference. Like that, that Adolig is very good. Cotterley is very good. So I think they have the players to make the difference. And that keeps the whole team going. That keeps the whole kind of championship guys in their toes. Like, I tell you a good one. I remember we came out and meet with Brian Cody one time and Tommy Walsh said to me, God, you really have to be on your game uh, to be on this team. And here's this man, you know, with, with eight or nine all-stars in his back pocket. And he was thinking that he had to play well in training to keep his place. So that's what I think John Kiley has done this year. Yeah, we tell him that in news talk as well. And off the ball, you've got to, you've got to be on his toes. And he, he's obviously <laughs> able to rise to the occasion when he's on the radio as well. Um, Aiden, it's great to see Keen Lynch back, isn't it, Aiden? Obviously, missed all of last year. That's fantastic. Uh, Keen Lynch, super player. Um, brilliant ambassador for the game. Uh, a real playmaker. Uh, just just does his job and just uh, an absolute total brilliant talent to watch uh, for Limerick and Limerick missed him last year you know and you know you're looking for that that, that, that real kind of guy to make a difference in big occasions um, you know to throw out that kind of hand pass he makes it look so so simple but he was missed last year and uh, you know this year to have him back is a huge asset to Limerick if you're a herder in the ditch, Column Keys, and you're looking at Tipperary, you see that the Mars have gone, you see that Bubbles Dwyer is retired now, Seamus Callan is on his way back. So to win five out of five under Liam Cahill is pretty impressive. How have they managed to do it? Well, they've scored 14 goals for a start, John, uh, John and that reflects uh, what seems to be a Liam Cahill philosophy is to really go for it. And that was evident with Waterford. Uh, I think it was in last year's league, they scored 22 goals. So they really have... Uh, gone for the juggler, so to speak, in all their games, even when they ran in a different team against Antrim last weekend. They scored four more goals. So they're they're well on top in that regard. And obviously, uh, they were at it early. They look extremely fit, athletic, stronger. You see players like Connor Bow saw him against Kilkenny in Nolan Park a few weeks earlier. Uh, he looked very, very powerful and impressive to me. I didn't always think that was in his game, but it's there. It's certainly there now. And they're a bit unlucky with injuries. Obviously, Cahill Barrett is out. As you mentioned, Seamus Callan is out for up to six weeks with a knee injury as well. And they lost uh, they lost Paddy Cadell. So um, they have they have a few injury issues there. But players like Brian O'Mara have stepped up. He missed out last year. He wasn't there last year. So he's come come strong. Um, Brian McGrath is another player who has also come, come strong as well. And Alan Tynan. So they have been able to find new players, not find them, they were there, they were part of Tipperary uh, All-Ireland winning under 20 and 21 teams under Liam Cahill. So he knows them, he knows them well, he's got them organised. As I said, he's got them fit, athletic, even more powerful. And I think that's one factor that Tipperary really have had to address is 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 the power issue because, you know, there's a lot of skill there, but 
you know, the absence of Porik Maher, they are missing their 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 bulwark, so to speak. Their their uh, their great powerhouse. So filling that void, that's that's for sure a challenge. But um, I think I, I I think they've uh, taken a big step forward in this league. Huge test tonight, of course. They've of all the teams of all the counties that have suffered uh, against this Limerick team managed by John Kiley. Obviously, Waterford have suffered most. They've had those heavy All-Ireland final defeats and some earlier in the round round. But Tipperary have really, really struggled uh, against this particular Limerick team. Uh, I was looking back at the record during the week. They've played 10 times. Uh, Tipperary have have won twice. One of those was after extra time. That was back in the 2018 league semi-final. And remarkably, they have never outscored Limerick in 10 second halves that they've played against them on John Kiley's watch. So they've never beaten them in the second half. Uh, they've led so often, but have been overpowered and seen out by Limerick by that uh, by that l- strong Limerick finish. And that's a real psychological test now for Liam Cahill and this Tipperary team. Yeah. And I think it starts tonight to uh, to try and to try and stem that flow. Okay, interesting statistics there, uh, Colm. Uh, so, Aidan, we have tomorrow your boys, Kilkenny, up against uh, Cork and Nolan Park. Um, how easy or difficult has it been for Derek Ling to to run the show this season, obviously after a quarter of a century of Brian Cody on the sideline? Yeah, it's a huge step in, John, for Derek. Uh, Derek knew that going into the job, um, that, look, no, no one is going to be in comparison with Brian Cody and what he's done. It's absolutely phenomenal what he's done and what he's achieved. So, the scrutiny is on Derek. Um, I think... Just around the county itself, uh, there is a bit of leeway in terms of, yes, Brian Cody was there and now he's gone and now it's Derek's reign and it's going to take a bit of time to gel a team together. But to be fair, uh, you know, that will only last for a certain uh, period of time. Um, like any team, like any supporters, you'll want uh, medals in your back pocket, you want a Leinster final. So Derek knows there's pre- pressure there. But there, there was two things from the Ireland last year that I felt myself if we had a puck out strategy and maybe just a little bit more composure on the ball under pressure, you know, we could have gone a long way and maybe taken Limerick in that All Ireland final. And what Derek has been trying with mixed results during the league was testing out that puck out, was testing out that short ball because we were given out long enough that we we're just lumping the ball into the full forward line up to Barry Nash. He was cleaning up and he just send them back down the field. So two things he has been working on. Now it's mixed results. So tomorrow's game is huge in that sense because Cork are so good at that short, so athletic, so they won't get any time at all. Now in fairness, tomorrow we're missing the Ballyhale contingent. They are massive for Kilkenny. Richie Reid is out. Uh, Owen Cody is not playing. Mullen is injured and TJ as well. They make that Kilkenny contingent uh, really tick, to be fair. And uh, Kilkenny really, really need them. So they have a strong team out um, with all the injuries that they have, the strongest possible team that they have. But Derek has made changes, subtle changes. It was never going to be drastic changes uh, for Kilkenny. Evolution, not revolution. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, yeah, evolution. They were never going to make drastic changes. And I think uh, Brian knew that as well. And that's why Derek was in under Brian Slechter. He has great time for him. So Derek has tried to make subtle changes with mixed results. Billy Drennan then has come in with the free-taking duties to TJ Reid uh, not there. How is he doing? Billy's doing excellently. Uh, he's scored 152 in the league so far. Uh, he's been the free-taker, obviously, with TJ missing. Um, they're saying that maybe he could stay on the freeze, but I don't think so with the experience of TJ coming back in. He won't. Billy Drennan's real deal. Uh, from what I've seen of him, 
He'd been living on scraps in the first uh, two league games, but had been making a difference. Any ball that goes into him, he's winning it. He's laying it off. Now, he's very young. He's under 20. So you can't expect him in championship to lead the way. But what I like about Billy is that he's um, shown for the ball. He's getting his one or two points and mixed in with the likes of Alon Cody and Mullen, Atija Reid, Mossy Kion. Uh, he, he'll be very good and he will be very good in the future and I think he is the real deal he's great vision and uh, yeah he's been excellent Yeah, and Richie Hogan back as well great to see uh, first starting over two years tomorrow 34 years of age still showing appetite for the game so Colm 18 years since Cork won the All-Ireland now is there a feeling under Pat Ryan that the famine could end soon? There is a feeling a very a uh, lot of optimism uh, about Pat Pat Ryan's appointment. I think he was the obvious and natural successor once Kieran Kingston decided not to exercise uh, the option to go another year. Pat Ryan was going to go back in as coach, having been with him uh, as coach before in 2017. I think he was there in 2016 as well. So he stepped back then and won two All-Ireland under-20 titles during the two COVID All-Ireland under-20 hurling titles with Cork. So there's a great uh, depth to the squad that he's putting together now and a lot of the names that were playing for him in those two years are really beginning to push through now some of them were there already and obviously we saw Kieran Joyce's development rapid development last year um, and I think he is now already at 20, 21 years of age he's the mainstay of this Cork team and that's saying something because obviously they have Patrick Horgan and Dara Fitzgibbon and Seamus Harnley but as a number six He's there. He's there for the rest of his career to build a team around. He's that good. He's that powerful. Uh, he plays with such conviction, and I think just finding the right balance. There's a lot of it's like pieces of a jigsaw. There are so many options there uh, for Pat Ryan. Um, I feel they're probably the most likely team in time to take over with some level of dominance from further down the line from, from Limerick at some stage in the future, given the, the wealth of talent they have coming through. It doesn't always work like that in straight lines, but right now I would think in time that they will displace, they will displace, uh, they will displace Limerick. Obviously Owen Downey at full back. They have a lot of things going for them uh, in the future. Just going to take a bit more time perhaps, but they haven't won the league in 25 years. Uh, actually, I think it's three, yeah, 20. 25 yeah. years since they won the league last so it's a it's it's a big af big afternoon for them tomorrow as well against Kilkenny to to really push on and you know get back to a league final and maybe avenge last year's defeat to place that marker down for a new manager that's always good but i have to say Derek Bling he's a very uh, cool and calm customer it seems to me anyway he has he hasn't shied away from the fact that he's trying to change the style for Kilkenny. He has mentioned, you know, we're going to have to break a few eggs here, he said, after the, the Tipperary game. And sure enough, a few eggs were broken with the, the short game broke down a few times coming out. But uh, they really have to mix their game up. I think we saw, I think we even saw signs of it last year. But I do agree with Aidan. I think uh, Kilkenny poked a lot of ball down on top of Dermot Burns and even Barry Nash. And it was a yeah. little bit aimless. So it needs a bit more direction uh, certainly on the base of last year's All-Ireland final. Maybe my one concern for Kilkenny is there's not enough pace in the team. Uh, there's not enough players who actually go buy a player. One Cody can do it. He's obviously not there now, but uh, just an injection of more pace. And they've lost players, you know, very, very industrious players like Connor Brown and, and Michael Carey who aren't with the team. And then they also lost Richie Lahey as well who have stepped away. So uh, filling up those places, 
again, it's going to take time too. But I think Cork, Cork are in a, becoming a, a stronger yeah. team. And I think we will see a development over the next three years under Pat Ryan. OK, uh, Taggy, just uh, maybe a kind of a summary on, on the kind of counties that are not in the mix over the next couple of days. Uh, you're talking Galway, Clare, Wexford, Waterford, Dublin. Who's in a good spot and who maybe might have concerns? I saw Waterford warm weather training in Portugal this week. Yeah, um, I think Waterford for me, uh, look, to, to be fair, straight off, I wouldn't like this kind of type of style that they play. I think um, when they come up against the bigger, more physical type teams, it takes an awful lot of energy to run the ball from deep and uh, to, to get all your players up the field and, and even to try to get goals and things. Things I, I wouldn't agree with it. Uh, I'm not sure if the water players themselves um, are, are going to be very happy with it. Like you look at Daisy Hutchinson, um, Ballygunner nearly built their game plan around them. Watford had a, what a big game plan around them where he drifted out the field and then drifted into the full forward line and they're trying to isolate him. And uh, he was, he's absolutely brilliant in that role. Now he's out half hour midfield, you know, he's not getting on his muff ball and he's not doing the same damage that he was. So I, I be, I'd be worried about Waterford, their tact- not, like not for the players that they have, I think the tactics are wrong. Um, so that's my opinion on Waterford. I think Galway, Henry Sheffield obviously up there, his second year in charge. I think Galway could be coming a, a bit of a force. They had a poor league, but I'm not sure Henry is too bothered about that. He blooded an awful lot of players. Uh, Galway always failed to deceive, but I think this year that they could put it up to Limerick. They put it in the semi-final. They could nearly have taken Limerick in, in that game. One or two things went their way. Um, so I'd have good time for Galway. And I think they play a brand of hurling that Limerick and the Kilkenny's play and the Tipperary's play that could win in an Ireland final I think the only way that you'll beat Limerick and, and we're talking about teams that will be performing any team that put it up to Limerick was Kilkenny in the Ireland final they played a three-man full forward line any any team th- these days play a three-man forward line with a corner forward drifting out leaving two inside isolated now the thing with that is that gives a free man a- at the back line so I think you have to push up and go man on man and trust your players so I think any team that blows 15 on 15, and I think Galway tend to play that way. I think Clare in the Munster final showed it uh, last year as well, took an awful lot out of them. But they went 15 on 15 and really put up to Limerick and Kilkenny in their Ireland final as well. So I think you have to trust your player, especially your full back line. You really have to trust your full back line and leave in, if it's Galan, if it's Flanagan, if it's Casey, trust your full backs to mark them and have the confidence in their own team to go up the other end and, and do damage in, uh, at the far end. So I think Galway, Clare, the Kilkenny's, you know, these type of teams, the way they play, okay. will be a danger later on in the championship. And just to finish, Colm, on the hurling chat, uh, Kildare's progression in Division 2 has been a real feel-good story. How has this come about? Well, obviously, it's driven by the power of Nace, first of all. I think they're 14 yeah. on, the, on, on the squad. So Nace, as a club, the development and, and the progression there... Uh, has been really, really strong. But I think right throughout the north of the county, there's obviously been a lot of investment and time under the, the GDAs there uh, in, in, in terms of uh, rolling out hurling. And it's the identity of the clubs more than anything else, John, that are now supplying players to all Kildare teams, not just the senior team, but if you look the under-20 squad and the minor squad, they're playing from clubs, playing coming from clubs that you would never really have associated and very much towards the north end, you know, the more populated areas now, really, you see Minute making progress, Clane making progress. Obviously, as I said, Nace and the powerhouse. Obviously, David Herity has done a, 
a very, very good, good job. You look at some of the results this year, they beat Carlo by 14 points. Last year, they drew with them. So this pace of improvement, it's really, really rapid from Kildare. Um, and to book their place in the final at the expense of Kerry and Offaly, they really are. They really are setting the, the division and they're one game away from making it back up to Division 1, making up to Division 1 hurling for the first time. So that would be really, uh, that'd be an incredible achievement yeah. all around for Kildare Hurling. And obviously, long term, they are a county, given their population and the, 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 the people resource that they have and the interest that seems to be growing in the game in Kildare. They, they, their progress as a hurling county will be very interesting to watch over the next 10 to 20 years, obviously, for just to see, can they make, can they bridge that? Can they get up to Dublin and Wexford, maybe? Can they get up to that standard, okay. uh, first and foremost? Okay, so Colin Keyes is uh, with us uh, for the rest of the, the show until half two with uh, Colin Kelly, the former Louth manager on football between two and half two. Taggy, we've got to let you go, but just before you go, is it going to be a Limerick Kenny final? You're spot on. I think it's going to be Limerick and I think it's going to be Kenny. Taggy, mind yourself. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, so if you want to get in touch, 53106 is our text number. You can also uh, reach us on Twitter at Off The Ball. Back with a football chat between two and a half two here on Off The Ball Saturday on News Talk. We're back after these. And this is Off The Ball Saturday on News Talk. John, Duggan with you through to five. You can text us 53106 or tweet us at Off The Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well on the Saturday panel. You can listen on News Talk across the country. Watch us as well on the Off The Ball digital and social channels on Twitter, at Off The Ball, YouTube and on Facebook. Just to bring you up to date, uh, Cork leading Meath by two seven to ten points in the Little Ladies National Football League. Division one, round seven and Scotland and Cyprus have just kicked off their Euro qualifier at Hampden Park. We're talking Gaelic football now for the next half hour ahead of the the final round of Allianz National League games tomorrow. Jake correspondent of the Irish Independent, Colin Keyes, is still with us. Also on the line, uh, we're delighted to be joined by the former Louth player and manager, Colin Kelly. Colin, how's the form? Yeah, good, John. And yourself, um, delighted to be on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It's all happening in the Wee County at the moment. Um, you had promotions yourself as a manager a few years ago. And now, tomorrow, a game against the Dubs at Croke Park. So much excitement there must be with the prospect of Division One football on the line. Yeah, it's brilliant for all involved. Um, you, you know, players management and, and, and county board for, for resourcing the team have been excellent. And, you know, it, it reminds me of, of, of teams I was involved in as a player back in the 90s when this was a common team for us to be, you know, pushing for promotion from Division 2. Um, and it's great to be back, you know, venue sold out, even though by small attendances, you know, two, three thousand, but scrambling to get tickets and going into full venues. And, you know, as I said, it's a credit to everyone involved to to take us back to this level. What's Mickey Hart got right since he came into Laos, uh, Colin? What's been the recipe? Um, there seems to be a buy-in that's, that's you know, unbelievable. The work, the work ethic of the team is, is, is fantastic and you know, he just seems to have this Midas touch as such. He gets teams to to, to play and, and obviously Gavin and, and, and the coaching team is doing doing a wonderful job and um, they're just so difficult to beat at the minute and, and does it, it never say die attitude about the team and you know, every everything you know, everyone is behind the team, the team is doing the business on the field and a lot of it goes down to, to, to Mickey Hart and, and what he's brought to the to, to, to the county and they're doing it without Samuel Roy and Kieran Byrne as well which is all the more impressive 
it is, yeah. And there's there's, there's other players missing there that that people you know don't realise. Like from 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 my own local club, Dermot Campbell at fullback, who's a fantastic player, hasn't played you know much in this national league with an injury. Um, John Clutterbuck and and Eamon Callaghan have went off travelling, so there has been you know. Trials and tribulations. Darren Alley's not involved. He was a starter from last year. Like so, there has been coming and goings, and it's all more impressive about the group of players that's there. And and nothing seems to phase them. They just get on with the job. And and you know there is strength and depth there. I suppose like when when Casey unfortunately doesn't cruciate and that you know guy has no luck at all. Like we bring someone in like Tommy Dornan who's been outstanding throughout the national league. And I know Tommy well from from being involved with him and the type of player he is. Like so. When you're taking someone like that into your team, you're not really losing out a good bit. So there's there's a lot of strength and depth. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that we have lost some players, but I suppose the system they play and and how hard they work, you know, it's just one member of a cog. And I suppose as you know, as as big a loss Sam and and Casey and Dermot and these guys have been, you know. Uh, Obviously, the work ethic is what, what what makes this team special, and the way they set up, and just this never say die attitude. Is the fear factor gone as well with the dubs? Um, look, you know, if I suppose, you know, it's it's never a fear factor with, with, gone with the dubs. I suppose when when you're coming from a county like Loud, and and I've been on the on on the other end of of those beatings on on numerous times as as a player, where you know. From the so-called lesser counties, loud probably, you know, even though punching this year well with it, you know, weights in Division Two and doing really well. Sometimes, you know, you look at Dublin and and you put them, you know, as this juggernaut that's unbeatable. But in reality, John, they're in Division Two, you know, so it's not as if they're getting the results they've gotten, you know, four or five years ago under Jim and, and, and Desi won in All Ireland. So there has been a, a slow up in, in, in terms of that momentum they have and the crushing defeats they were dealing out to teams. I know they 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 gave me the, a, a bit of a beating the last day out, but I don't think this loud team is going to fear anyone because the way they set up um, you know, they, they whether it's whether it's Limerick, whether it's Clare, whether it's Dublin, Derry, they'll set up in the same way. Air lads are tuned into what what they want to do. Everyone has bought totally into the system. They know what they're going to be. But the other side of that is too. I'd say Dublin players are probably the most apt at playing against this type of a defensive system out there because they they they've done it Sunday after Sunday for so long now so you know it's not going to face them where it might have faced other counties you know so so that that aspect won't worry Dublin um, it's it's you know can we go in and, and, and perform the same type of of, of job in the open spaces of Croke Park and, and probably keep some of the Dublin marquee players quiet but um, yeah, you know I, I'm just not so sure Dublin, Dublin is, is the juggernaut it once was a couple of years ago and Column Keys, obviously Derry beat Dublin in Division 2. Meath and Kildare being outshone by Loud at the moment. And there's a degree of jeopardy around the Bermuda Triangle situation regards whether Meath and Kildare will end up in the Sam Maguire Cup. So it's a strange situation for both of those counties. Uh, I don't think it's all that strange. I didn't think that... Uh, I, I, I thought Kildare would, would be a bit better in this league, I have to say, especially after the first weekend against Dublin. They only lost that by a point, but... 
ironically, Dublin have been better away from Crow Park, it seems, this year than they have been in Crow Park. They've uh, they've struggled to win both games. Obviously, Clare and Kildare both lifted their game going in there and they won them by a point. But on the road, they've been better. At, I actually thought Dublin's probably their best their best 35 minutes of football for uh, a long time uh, was against, uh, certainly in this league, it was against Derry up in Celtic Park. They were very, very good in the first half and I think they could have won that game at one stage. They had a great chance, goal chance. Kieran Kilkenny popped, popped it over for a, a point with, I felt, a goal at his mercy. So they were that close really to getting away that day until Brendan Rodgers dragged Derry back. But Derry are right there with the best teams. There's no doubt about that now. We've seen that. How Why they, is that, Column as a defence? It's organisation, it's defence, it's the belief that's been instilled and it's the input of very, very good players too. You have to say, Conor Glass coming back from the AFL, I would have said, of all the players that have gone out to Australia, he's among the best footballers before he went out. He was a star as a Derry minor. He was a star for his college team as well, uh, winning a Hogan Cup. So, uh, you know, he was, he, he was a footballer first, very, very much so. Uh, that went out and did well in Australia for a while, but came back. He's made such a difference. And uh, I think there's a few more. I think Ethan Doherty is a player that we haven't even seen the best of. He was really, really good last year. Uh, he's kicked that on with Glenn this year, and he's been terrific for them in the league. But they really are well organised. Connor McCluskey, as a minor, he marked David Clifford in that all Ireland minor final, conceded the four goals. But since then, he has developed into a really, really f- strong man marker, first of all. But his breaks forward uh, they, they they give Derry such great momentum so they really are well organised I think Rory Gallagher he's, he's almost uh, he's well over a decade now coaching uh, coaching inter-county teams uh, he's I think he's been consistently involved with inter-county teams between obviously Donegal as a selector apart from 2014 so he's bringing a lot to a two organisation and he uses a very very small squad very very unusually 29 players in the Derry squad very very few changes I think up to this weekend before and obviously there probably will be changes to when they're going to Cork this weekend uh, I, I, you know he uses very very few starters I think around 17 starters something like that might be up to 18 now but it's a really really tight group they play consistently consistent, consistently all the time uh, very very much the same system that they play they're all so used to it now uh, over the last two to three years, uh, and they're a fit counter-attacking team that can really go go at teams. I think if they add a little bit more to that this year, I just feel that they're right there. Um, Mead and Kildare, with regard to the championship, is is one of the biggest games of the weekend. They're both safe from relegation, John, but this is really to decide who finishes fifth and who finishes sixth, because sixth, there has to be real jeopardy about that now, because obviously you're looking to the other cha- you're looking to the other provinces. In, in the championship, and you're looking to see well, can Cavan beat Armagh? Armagh may not have uh, Rian O'Neill, provided Armagh get over Antrim, which I assume they will. Uh, they'll be playing Cavan. Cavan uh, Armagh won't have Rian O'Neill. That leaves them a little bit, good bit more vulnerable, obviously, to Cavan. So could Cavan push on and get get to an Ulster final? That would push either Mead or Kildare, whoever finishes sixth. That would push them down to Touching Cup. Could Clare maybe spring a surprise? They. They have a good record against Cork. They obviously lost them heavily enough in the league just gone by. So that would make Cork favourites. But Clare are capable of jumping past Cork. I still feel Cork are a little bit fragile. They're not just there yet. So that's a possibility that Clare could jump into a Munster final. And that would push the sixth team down. It could even put, push the fifth team down as well. Because then there'd be two, three provincial finalists from Division 
from Division 3 and 4 teams that would be into the seeded second. So there is real jeopardy, especially for the sixth place team. And that's what they're playing for in Newbridge tomorrow. The last game in St. Conant's Park before the bulldozers uh, head in for redevelopment over 18 months. I think that'll be an added dimension for a Kildare team that's on the bounce back from winning a game against Limerick last weekend. Uh, a completely uh, different scenario from Mead, who were heavily beaten, as Colin referenced there earlier, yeah. by Dublin and really could have been more than the 11 points. We see in the conversation here, Colin Kelly, um, that Mickey Harsh and Rory Gallagher obviously have the buy-in. They're very successful in what they've been doing recently in terms of Gaelic football management. Paddy Carr uh, quit Donegal this week. That's unfortunate. It's reported, we don't know for certain, that player power led to his resignation. We've seen it in other counties in the past, in male football and Waterford hurling, player power, this in inverted commas. How do you prevent an imbalance, imbalance of power growing in a dressing room, Colin? It's it's quite difficult. Um, you know, it's it's goals-driven. Like, Donegal were entering probably from, from you know, from Declan Bonner's era. They, they, they probably had Declan Bonner, Stephen Rochford stepping down and Michael Murphy going away. So all of a sudden, management comes in and probably the results inevitably are not going to be what they were. But but sometimes you have to look at these things and, and realise, like, there was probably, you know, some, some elements probably disappointed with the job that Declan Bonner and Stephen Rochford and these guys were, were doing. Yeah, these county jobs are not—they're not easy. You know, they're difficult. Um, it's—it's it's a big commute for Paddy from he's living in Loud, um, up to Donegal a couple of times a week, and and sometimes maybe, you know, players have 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 expectations, and you know, it can be difficult. And sometimes players have to look at themselves and say, okay, right, what am I doing here? Can I bring something to the party? But ultimately. Like when when you look at this stuff, John, it's it's you know it's easy to change management. So counties probably can't change county squads when you're talking about twenty two, twenty three, twenty four players. That's you know on a constant basis there over a prolonged period of time. So you know when when results don't go the way they should be going, you know, and Donegal would be a team that would have probably you know, punched at a high enough level for the last couple of years in, 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 in both National League and Championship and with a high expectation. So when those results drop a wee bit something something has to give and it's 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 a difficult one to you know, does does all parties are involved from a county board, from, from, from players to management. And as I said to you, probably the easiest change in these situations is the manager. You can't all, you know, just all of a sudden offload twenty, thirty players and as I said to you, players have expectations and sometimes you know, when they're not doing their end of things, it's 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 you know easy to point the finger elsewhere. So it's it's a difficult one to call. Um, you know, it's 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 obviously not an easy decision for Paddy to 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 walk away. He's a proud Donegal man. Um, and you know, when you look at Donegal, does it's 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 well touted out there the problems they have at academy level and the whole lot. So it's it's probably a county that needs you know just to. Come stabilise now and get a good structure in, and probably players need to, to knuckle down and start working harder. Colin Keys, uh, so uh, it's believed that both Croke Park and Ulster J are going to investigate the issues around the academy after Carl Lacey, the head of the academy, and his coach has quit. Kind of sad to see where Donegal are at the moment, what, 11 years on from an All Ireland win and Jim McGuinness and that brilliant run they had in the around the last decade, um, that they're probably going to be relegated tomorrow and they're a month out from the championship against Dan and it ain't looking good. No, it's not looking good for them. Uh, and obviously, 
that whole managerial issue last year seemed to drag. Um, so Paddy Carr obviously found himself caught in the crosshairs of that. Uh, Armagh beat Donegal uh, in early June, probably early to mid-June. And it seemed to the point, uh, but it took, the first thing in all of that was it took five weeks before Declan Bonner uh, decided to step down and not not obviously uh, put himself forward. So that was five weeks lost in the search. They appeared to have Rory Kavanagh in place by mid by mid October, but a few days after the county final, he was St. Junan's manager. Uh, he said no, so that left them in a bind. So they were scrambling at that point, and obviously the pressure was on to find. And it's it's a difficult thing to find uh, to find intercounty managers because more and more there are probably more refusals than there are acceptances at this stage, and especially in the lower counties. But obviously Donegal are not a lower county; they're Division One. So it was a surprise really that it took them so long. But obviously Rory Kavanagh was the the chosen one, and he was involved in the club campaign. But after that. They were scrambling. So Paddy Carr clearly came into the into the reckoning. They wanted a very quick fix. And within days of him being put in place, you have Michael Murphy's retirement. And obviously that would rock any county. A player of that stature, but especially a new manager who's, although he has the big old connections, obviously he's from outside the county. So that's a real setback straight away, no matter what. And I'd, I think any county would be left reeling by Michael Mur- Murphy, what was a very much an unexpected departure as well and again he said he had his mind made up leaving Clonus after Armagh losing but it took him five months then to to actually confirm it so that was hard I think if Paddy Carr knew that Michael Murphy wasn't going to be around it might have I think any manager would, would look at it differently and then he hasn't had Ryan McHugh for all of this campaign who you would say after Michael Murphy over the last decade certainly the post-All-Ireland uh, era has been Donegal's most influential player and Patrick McBrearty has been out with a hamstring injury as well for a lot of the games. So that triumvirate have been very, very influential for Donegal, especially Murphy and especially McHugh, and he didn't have all of those. So against that, straight away, he was uh, he was he was against the wind in that regard. So and as and as the academy issue blew up as well, the two became conflated, even though they're not linked at all. But they become conflated and a cloud across a county like that, and things get into a spiral. And obviously, perhaps Parry, Paddy may not have been connecting with the players, and maybe that's what they came to. And the big surprise for me is that Aidan O'Rourke and uh, Paddy Bradley have stayed on. Uh, I would have thought that uh, the, the, the issue would have been with the management in general. Clearly not. They've singled out Paddy Carr here, which is very unfortunate. And Aidan O'Rourke and uh, Paddy Bradley have stayed on, and it looks yeah. like they'll stay to the end to the end of the year. Yeah, so Colin Kelly, you've been managing in Louth. You managed Wicklow, Westmeath. You were a player for so long, uh, obviously with Louth footballers as well. Are the do's and don'ts, are the things you've been learning along the way in terms of managing a group of players with expectations, trying to get promotions into divisions, trying to have a run of the championship? Are there things, mistakes you might have made along the way or things that you did right that you're going to bring into your further coaching career? Yeah, I suppose there's always learning along the way. Um when you look at it um, some of the players like like players have, have huge expectations but I suppose for me it's always about the coaching um, can you can you get a system in place and you know I, I found it without a shadow of a doubt John I found it easier in Loud because I'm from Loud I was passionate about Loud and you know so, some players 
open up a little bit easier. Some people have expectations, and and it's difficult. And as I said to you, you're trying to you're trying to juggle all balls in the air. Where you're trying to coach the team, you're trying to manage the team, you're trying to manage players' expectation and players' egos. And you know, when you go into it, when you go into a new county, it's about getting to to know the players. Where I just felt in loud. I knew every player before I went in. I probably knew all the players personally before I went in. So it was that little bit easier. And, and from a point of view, they knew me from a playing past. So, you know, ultimately when you go into these dressing rooms, bar you have absolutely a, 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 a massive credibility, like someone like Mickey Hart, like a Jim Gavin, um, like a Jim McGuinness. Someone someone like me going into it, into a, a, another county's dressing room when you're not particularly known by the players, it depends on, on relationships and personalities on, on, you know, does players agree with what style of football you want to play with and, and all those things are in the air and, and it can inevitably go wrong. Um, you know, it can it can go well also, you know. So for me I would I would I would I would get it hard again from a management point of view to be involved in a county other than Loud. Right. Um, and and that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Um, you, you know, w- when you're from your own your own county, y- your relationships are built up better. Your your understanding of the county, your understanding of the players is better, and people's understanding of you is better. And I just find that easier. Um, and as I said, it can be challenging. Bar you're an absolutely huge name going in, where you're going to get that respect from the minute you go in the dressing room, and you know people are going to listen to you and buy into you straight away. Um, Whereas, you know, from from, from a, a lesser known personality going in there, just going in on the basis of being a real good coach, um, that's where it can go wrong, I feel. Colin, uh, like Colin Keyes was pointing out there that Derry are right up there. We're looking at Mayo having a great run. They're going to be in a league final. It could be Galway or Kerry uh, with them tomorrow, even potentially Roscommon. Um, Tyrone and Arma, kind of mixed bag. Uh, Donegal probably going down. It just feels at the moment that the football landscape after the dominance of the Dubs and Kerry coming back with their win last year is quite open. It'd be very hard almost to call an All-Ireland winner right now. Colin? Um, I, yeah, I, I suppose. What's, what's, it's, it's very impressive looking at what Kevin McStay is doing with, with, with Mayo. Um, you know, as Colin alluded to earlier on, Derry looked to be you know, real strong candidates. It, it, it'd be foolish to to look beyond Kerry or even Dublin at that stage. But but for me, and and I've said it to a couple of boys during the week or whatever. I'm, it's it's. I'll be intrigued to see how Mayo actually handle the All Ireland series. And and there seems to be something differently about them this year than than there is in the past. And and Kevin McStay seems to have brought an attacking edge to them. They've a few positional switches with Loftus say going to like centre back and does not an over reliance on, on, on um the, the likes of Killian to, to get scores anymore and stuff like that. So I'm intrigued to see how Mayo is gonna go, but you'd be foolish, as I said, to look by someone like Kerry. But it is difficult. You know, it's it's probably a more open all Ireland than than it's ever been in years and, and as I said you that dominance of Dublin seems to be waning a wee bit I'll be I'll be suddenly be foolish to say that it's over so um, it, it is probably as open in All-Ireland as we've had in a long long time Colm Keyes how have Galway and Kerry evolved since um, last July and the, and the All-Ireland final because it's on the line for them to reach uh, Mayo tomorrow uh, 
Kerry haven't really evolved, uh, John. Uh, I, I don't feel they're, they're getting by in games, but the, some of the games they've lost this year, they were winning in last year's league. Uh, they came and won a very, very good game against uh, Mayo in Tralee, and Jack O'Connor would have referenced that as a real fork in the road for them. Um, this year, uh, this year they've just struggled a little bit more, and especially I'd say with the peripheral players, some of the peripheral players that uh, have been have been there for a few years just haven't really kicked on as much. Tony Brosnan is one who probably has to a degree, um, and obviously Paul Murphy has come back and he's been quite strong this year. But they they hadn't had Gavin White and Dermot O'Connor in their early games, and they give them great pace. Brino Begley gives them that pace. He hasn't been there either, but uh, they've been doing just a little bit more than just surviving, but not much more. And uh, I'd say there's a few concerns maybe that the form just isn't where it should be right now. Uh, there's a lot of football played, obviously, from some of the guys who had club campaigns. Um, David Clifford has yet to really take off. But again, I'm sure by summertime, by championship, you'll see a different David Clifford and indeed Paulie Clifford. And obviously Sean O'Shea had an injury at the start of the year. So really, they haven't had they haven't added a whole lot. Stefano Cunbar is back out injured again, which is a bit of a blow to him because he's a really athletic midfielder. Um, and some of those peripheral players haven't really pushed through. Galway have looked very, very solid in their last few games. And to go to Armagh the last day and win, and their defence has been really, really strong. They don't have Liam Silk this year, but they've, um, they're starting to add players. Uh, they're starting to add players now. John Maher from Salt Hill, uh, he's he's come in and he's a player obviously that they're watching for development for him. Um, they've Shane Walsh back now obviously too, but they introduced a guy called Keen Hearn in the last day. He was he was very good too. Daniel O'Flaherty has been has been playing consistently for them, and Cahill Sweeney is a player who's been on the periphery for them, but seems to have made a leap forward. So there's certainly the depth of the Galway squad is greater, and their defensive strength seems to be greater too this year as well. Even though there's a few changes in personnel, but collectively they really are operating at a different level defensively too. And then Matthew Tierney is the one big plus for them. Obviously, he's kicked on. He's had some really top performances for them uh, in this league. He's one of the players of the league and he's shown a lot of leadership from half forward. So they're in a very good position Galway right now and it's a very interesting game uh, tomorrow in Salt Hill. They're obviously there in the driver's seat, so to speak, because they have, uh, obviously, if they draw, and, or win, they're into a final, but also they have uh, a score advantage over Kerry just in case it does go to uh, a three or a four-way playoff and eight points. If if Galway lose, they still have a slight scoring advantage, about six points. So if the swing is under that, then they'll likely go through to a league final. So they're in a strong position and I think it's one they'd like to make too. And Colm Keyes, just to finish off, can Monaghan survive again? They can because obviously Mayo are qualified uh, for a league final. I know Kevin McStay would probably like to keep the run going and win all their games and keep winning. Uh, but he has sat out some of their uh, Dermot O'Connor on the team listed. Anyway, I know we can't trust these teams yeah. uh, any anymore, but on the team listed, he's not there. So, you know, he has run in a few uh, different players that maybe have been on the periphery. I see Pori Kohora is back again. We don't know until you see the team lining up. But Monaghan have a great record of survival. The last two years, they nicked it from Dublin last year and go with the year before. Admittedly, both games were in Clonus. This is Castle Bar where they, you know, they were well off the pace against Mayo okay. in last year's championship this year. So uh, they can do it, but obviously a difficult task. Colin Keyes from Irish Independent and Colin Kelly, former Lads manager. Thanks for speaking to Off the Ball, previewing the leagues this weekend. 
Mind yourselves. Cheers, John. Thanks, Carl. Okay, we're going to speak to Galway's Camogie star Siobhan McGrath after this break. <laughs> 